Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two different uh, fandoms, mm-hmm. two fictional universes. Oh, yeah. Um, cross them over, much like you can be both the Thane of Cawdor and the Thane of um, uh, Glamis. But only if witches tell you it's okay. Yeah, wink. Hey. But it's October, so witches are everywhere. Ooh. Spooky. Spookiest witches. Um, that sounded also, like. Also, babies are spooky. <laughs> babies are very spooky. Have you seen the pictures of like the night vision on baby on baby monitors? Yeah, that is true. Where they have glowing they're eyes just and stuff. Real spooky. And then, like, if they need something when they're kids, they just come and stand next to your bed until you wake up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sometimes they they just stare at you mm-hmm. maliciously. Sometimes they just start talking to people. Yeah, well, sometimes they talk about how they're going to, like, smoosh your face, and, yeah. and then your brains will come out. That's right. Kids say they the do darndest that all the things. Time. <laughs> uh, Annie, um, your initial lead-in sounded suspiciously like something that might be from something we're talking about tonight. That is true. Well, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, today, we are crossing over Macbeth and Rugrats. Which is what the whole Thane of Cawdor thing was from. Yeah, exactly. Tommy Pickles, Thane of Glamis, Thane of Cawdor. Hanging out with wishes king hereafter <laughs> uh yeah well that's uh this sounds like a pretty simple crossover yeah. of two things that are exactly the same totally the same so story i'm excited to have an easy time yeah <laughs> why don't you get us started by telling us about macbeth uh, macbeth is a tragedy by william shakespeare that you probably read in high school um so let's flash back to those english classes my friend yeah think about how awesome you were back yeah then. or not is no, the case maybe definitely not I feel like most of our listener base was solidly not the jock cool kids in high school. Yeah. I don't I mean I don't want to say 100%. So if you're if you're listening to this and you think you were a cool kid in high school, you're probably right. Wow, I'm surprised we're friends now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, thank you. I I appreciate wow. it. I mean, <laughs> you sure peaked early. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Now look at you. Sad sitting listening to a podcast by two jerks. <laughs> Who are just insulting you. They're yeah. not even talking about the topic of their podcast. Nope. <laughs> They're specifically what referencing. Are life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you thought they were above mentioning that car crash that ruined everything. Wow, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying this like hyper specific marketing. <laughs> yes, that one guy. Mm-hmm. I mean. Oh, man. You just should have seen the ice, tri- ice cream truck coming. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. That was a crossover that didn't turn out well. I mean, it turned out okay for the ice cream? No, I meant the Kia Sport that they were driving. Yeah. That's a crossover. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I killed it. Annie, tell me about Macbeth. (laughs) Um, So Macbeth is loosely adapted from the real-life story of Macbeth, King King of Alba, which refers to Scotland between uh, 900 and 1286. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So the the golden years. Yeah, the, the wonder years, yep. as Fred um, Savage calls them. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> Fred Savage show. <laughs> so now we're, we actually do have to cross over the wonder years and outlander. Yeah. You realize that. Oh, that's true. That that works for me. Winnie is a pretty Scottish sounding name. That's true. Mm-hmm. It uh, basically writes and itself. And she's adorable. She is. Much like Scottish people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow, we're, we're really nailing it tonight. We are. We are. We are trying to alienate 100% of our audience. <laughs> But by but in very tiny chunks. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks to all two of you who are still listening. Yeah, we've got a whole hour. We can get the rid yeah, of them. Right. <laughs> um, so the only things that really tie over from real life are the names of the characters and the fact that they're Scottish. Mm-hmm. Like almost nothing else yeah. is the same. Um, Macbeth was first performed in 1606 during the reign of James I, a.k.a. the Jacobean era. So sorry, Elizabethan fans. Oh, we are just out of reach. We, you just missed us. But it was performed by Elizabethans. So, you know, you still get mm-hmm. Shakespeare was Elizabethan, right? Well, but that's the thing. It's like Elizabethan was during Elizabeth. She died. Mm-hmm. James took over. Oh, right. OK. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, they're they're both. It's, yeah, it, I guess know. they're the same people. They're just, they're, like, they weren't just like, like well, how, now we're these people right? now. <laughs> put on your new hats, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there were actors. They probably did put on new hats yeah, they probably a put on a lot of new hats. There you go. Um, the play has since been performed all over the world in various languages and with various adaptations, including a Punjabi adaptation in India, oh, cool. which I find really cool. I would watch the heck out of that. Yeah, right? Um, it's considered unlucky to even speak the play's name aloud in a theater, um, which is why people refer to it as the Scottish play, or as I like to say, Mackie B. Mm-hmm. Or if you're British, Mackers. That's a really, I like that one Mackerel? A lot. Spanish, mackerel? Spanish mackerel? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a lesser known one, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gaining in it's popularity. It's that, that British rhyming slang. <laughs> exactly. It's all the Cockneys. Are, hello, hello. It's all the Cockney theater kids can talk about. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, just Jason Statham. <laughs> yep. Um, but, you know, he's he really is holding on to that. He's punching sharks, so he's doing okay. Yeah, that's right. The, he mm-hmm. is the Spanish mackerel. That's true. Notorious the... <laughs> enemy of sharks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nobody hates sharks more than Spanish mackerels, and nobody hates Spanish mackerels more than sharks. Yep. Because um, they look like Jason Statham, and they punch hard. Yeah. That's what they're known for. Now I'm just picturing a restaurant serving Spanish mackerel, and it's just Jason Statham. Oh, God. I know. That's terrifying. Well, things got dark because we're talking That's about That's true, mackers. actually. I, although, um, we, if we were talking about people being served, we should have been talking about Titus Andronicus. That's true. Missed my shot. Wink. Sorry, Shakespeare. We'll get you next time around. Yeah, right. Uh, so the story follows Macbeth, General, and Thane of Glamis, who has recently defeated Norway and Ireland in battle. Everybody likes Macbeth. Yay! Yeah, take that, Ireland and Norway. Yeah, you learn... Are they close to each other? No, but they teamed up. They're close in heart. Oh, I see. Maybe. Okay. Well, actually, they're also close because of uh, Vikings coming to pillage. Oh, yeah, and taking Ireland. a bunch of Irish slaves, which you would think would make the Irish less disposed to fight with them. Yeah, right. But again, I mean, this could. This is all basically fiction. Yeah, it's complicated back then anyway. Yeah. Um, so then Macbeth meets these three witches who tell him that he's going to be Thane of Cawdor and King Hereafter, in addition to, again, being Thane of Glamis. Kind of buried the lead. What do you mean? They're like, you're going to be Thane of Carter and also King. Well, because that doesn't work out so well. No, that's true. 
Um, they tell Bankro, um, Macbeth's friend, that he won't be king or anything fancy, but he will end up as more successful than Macbeth by having king babies. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac- Mac- excuse me, Macbeth and Banquo think this is interesting, if kind of crazy, but they soon find out that King Duncan has indeed given Macbeth the title of Thane of Cawdor. So, which is totally maybe on target. And what yeah. does that mean for Macbeth being king? They called it. They did. Um, So Lady Macbeth hears about her husband's promotion and the witch's prophecy, and since King Duncan is coming to visit the Macbeth household, Lady Macbeth knows that this is the time to strike, literally. Um, She and Macbeth plot to kill the king. So once Duncan is in their home, Macbeth gets some cold feet, but Lady Macbeth encourages to just stab Duncan already. Yeah, just do it. Get it over with. Just just stab your stabbies. Get Game of Thrones up in here. Exactly. Um, Macbeth does so, and with Duncan's heirs having escaped to Ireland, he, uh, Macbeth ascends to the throne. Yay! Huzzah! You there's, did it! There's a big drunken porter scene in there, too. Yeah, you know, that's the, the comic the, relief. The requisite weird comedic random scene that Shakespeare throws into everything. Well, I, I mean, they you do need it, it yeah. yeah. Um, they were playing to short attention span theaters. Well, you need pe- a break, too. Yeah. And people were drinking a lot and eating a lot and talking it a lot. It was a bathroom thing yeah like oh that's true people are like oh good so are you saying the porter was basically the shakespearean equivalent of let's all go to the lobby <laughs> yes <laughs> that is that let's is actually all go to the lobby. <laughs> that, let's all go to the that lobby that was in the original uh first folio <laughs> it's true that you know there's some <laughs> of the most all, no let's all go to thine lobby <laughs> they're some of the most beautiful words that shakespeare ever wrote i think <laughs> and they, as evidenced by the way they've lasted to this day <laughs> exactly um so unfortunately, Macbeth does not get to go to the lobby. Um, instead, he gets paranoid about the witch's prophecy for Banquo. Mm. So he sends assassins to kill Banquo and Banquo's son. This guy's just all about Occam's razor. Yeah, right. And Banquo's son manages to escape. So Macbeth gets even more paranoid and mm-hmm. sees Banquo's ghost freaking out at a dinner party. Macbeth decides he needs to go back to the witches for more info. And they assure him that no man of woman board will kill him. But maybe he should be afraid of Macduff, who was loyal to Duncan, and that Banquo will have a great line of succession, which means that Macbeth's throne is still in danger. Mm -hmm. Um, And because he hasn't made enough bad choices, Macbeth decides to send more assassins to kill everyone at Macduff's castle. He's he's kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, right? But Mm -hmm. you know what? It worked out for him to start. So, if you've got a problem, you all solve it with assassins. Go get them! With a bunch of knives. Yeah. Knives everywhere. Um, Macduff avoids being murdered because he's in England raising an army with Malcolm, one of Duncan's heirs. Mm. Um, Meanwhile, Lady Macbeth is also freaking out about what she and her husband have done. She's taken to sleepwalking and keeps seeing blood on her hands, and it won't ever wash away because you done messed up, A.A. Ron. Yeah. Sorry, Lady Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Lady Macbeth ends killing herself offstage, and Macbeth figures he might as well fight against the forces of Malcolm and Macduff, because, like, what what else is he going to do at this point? If all you know is killing. Yeah. So Macduff and Macbeth fight, and Macduff real- reveals that he technically wasn't born of a woman because his mom had a C-section, which I've just got to say is not as good a reveal as Lord of the Rings and the famous I Am No Man oh, yeah. scene. Like, no, the witches are kind of phoning it in the second time through because they yeah. also give the whole, like, you won't be overthrown until the forest marches on the castle. And then it's like all of Macduff's forces are like, oh, it's so sunny and bright out. Let's make hats out of leaves. Well, no, and- it's it's like they literally cut down parts of the trees. And yeah, to, to, to get shade. I don't think it's to get shade. I, I thought, thought it... it- I thought, I thought it was like 
to kind of conceal where they were. Oh, I thought thought it was because they were hot. No, I think it's like (laughs) to conceal their placement and to like, to Mm. basically use it as protection. Yeah. But maybe not sun protection. I mean, it's a kind of, it's a very important form of protection. It is. They're all Scottish. They're real pale. What good is taking the throne if you're just going to get skin cancer the next month? Ain't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, I think, um, What's his name? There's a vitamin D for Duncan joke in here somewhere, but I can't place it. Get that good D. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was it, but Where I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> um, so Macbeth or Macduff kills Macbeth and Malcolm takes the throne and Scotland is at peace or as pe- peaceful as things get around there. Yeah, it doesn't really last a long time. No, but you know, then we get... Um, then Mrs. Outlander shows up yeah, and exactly. everything gets crazy. Well, then uh, Jamie takes his shirt off a lot, so That's everyone's true. happier. So, you know, things do turn out okay exactly. in the end. Exactly. Um, for characters, we have Macbeth, Thane of Glamis, Thane of Cawdor, King Hereafter, and Maker of Bad Decisions. Very bad decisions. Lady Macbeth, a girl who's out for power. Banquo, Macbeth's buddy until Macbeth decides to murder him. Fleance, Banquo's son, who manages to escape and have kids who will eventually end up as King James I. So that turns out okay. Yeah, like, good job, dude. Um, so I feel like everybody has really awesome names in this play, and then there's Fleance. Yeah, right? Like, why would you name your child Fleance? Yeah, it's just not... It, you're not setting them up for greatness. I mean, I guess it worked out in the end. Yeah, maybe that was like the actual ancestral name, and so they were sort of stuck with it. Yeah, right. Um, there's Duncan, King of Scotland, and who's maybe not so bright. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm and Donalbane, Duncan's sons and heirs to the throne. Macduff, a lawful good who takes Macbeth down. Yeah, he does. yeah. Uh, three witches and Hecate, um, the witchiest of witches. Yeah. She she's... shows up for like a hot second. That's right. I forgot. I know, right? The queen witch. Yeah. And the porter who's the comic relief, let's all go to the lobby yeah. of the show. He's a dancing box of popcorn. Yes. Drawing that was. drunk. A drunk dancing box of popcorn. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> very popular back in the day. I mean, that would be very popular in this day. Yeah. I'm trying to think like what that procession, what that line of, of song would look like. It would be like. A box of rotting apples, a bear on a chain, like like what would be instead of like a hot dog and popcorn. Um, I mean, just a lot of ale. Yeah, just ale. Just all everywhere. over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's about it. They like. I don't think they could even have food. <laughs> it was just ale. <laughs> yeah, because they'd be like, "What else? Everything else is going to make you sick." Mm-hmm. So at least this, including can... the water. So here, yeah, get drunk. exactly. Um, some themes, um, because we're, I'm not going to write your English paper for you. I'm just yeah. going to go over these real quick. Um, ambition. It's a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, appearance. Looking like the flower and being the serpent underneath. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, man. Deep cut. But that's a, that's like, some good Lady Macbeth thing. No, I know. But right I'm there. just saying it's like not one of the, the big lines. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. I remember being in English class and being like, oh, yeah. That's me. That's scary, that, man. That's my aesthetic. That's so me. <laughs> On brand. Mm-hmm. Me. One of the cool kids. <laughs> now, excuse me. I'm going to go get in my Kia Sport and drive. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I wasn't in the Kia Sport ice cream truck accident. Look, there were a lot of Kia Sports in that town and a lot of ice what? cream trucks. No. I have a rich inner life going here. For me? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Okay. Um, fate is a, another big theme. Uh, something wicked this way comes, and you might not know what's coming, and you might not like what's coming. Because it's wicked. And not wicked in the New England sense. Oh, maybe it is. Something wicked cool. Wicked old man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's wicked smart. Scottish play. Not wicked smart. Macbeth no. is whatever the opposite of wicked smart is. Wicked stupid. Oh, yeah. There it is. 
Um, things. Well, Macbeth isn't. He's just made bad choices. He's not bright. I mean, he's brighter than Duncan. Yeah, he's a super good soldier. Yeah. I mean, he makes bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't call him stupid. I don't know. He's not a good ruler either. Well, no, because he's all caught up in being paranoid that someone's Mm going to stab him because he already stabbed someone else. It's like, I don't know. I feel like we never see him like reading a book. Well, I mean, that's depending on how you're teaching the children of America. Literally, how you're staging it. (laughs) Like, I, I mean, I would stage it where Macbeth is just doing equations on the wall, wearing big Coke bottle glasses. (laughs) He's got a pocket protector. (laughs) Yeah, King Duncan. (laughs) I figured out how to defeat the Irish (laughs) (laughs) with math. Um, some things I like and think other people will like. <laughs> other than nerdy Macbeth. <laughs> yep. Um, I think it's the one the most fun of Shakespeare's tragedies. Obviously. Like, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's got murder, magic, madness, and more. Mm-hmm. I put that on your poster. Absolutely. You college uh, drama clubs. Yeah. You can have that one for free. <laughs> yes. Um, also, it's got some real classic monologues and dialogues in it. Like, um, is this a dagger I see before me? Something wicked this way comes. Unsex me here. Out damn spot. Double, double toil and trouble. And a ton of others. Like, it's, some of these are like the real classic lines oh, yeah. that you might not even remember from Macbeth. Yeah. Fun fact, I uh, did the unsex me now, unsex me here scene in college. Not as the character you would expect. I was like, Macbeth. Well, yeah, because like she's the, she's literally the only one. Oh, is that, that the, no, she, no, it's the one where uh, it's the one where she's saying that she would uh, she, she would, would rip break, the baby bash a baby's one. head. Yeah, she would bash a baby's oh, head. Oh, yeah, because I yeah. was like, not as good as a monologue. You would expect, the stage manager. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was like, there is no one else on stage. Oh man, no one has a line. It all depends. I was playing Macbeth. I was in the background doing math on a chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And for the high school reading crowd, Macbeth is short. Yay. It's the shortest of the dramas. um, And it's got themes that do translate into real life. Mm -hmm. You know, so even if you're not trying to take the crown, it's really easy to see how ambition and power corrupts and bad turns take you down some real bad roads. Yeah, I mean, it's really like, it's essentially the template of a Coen Brothers or Tarantino movie of like a super, like... Somebody who's basically good gets overly ambitious, messes up, and yeah. then spends the whole rest of the movie trying to run from the consequences, and it all blows yeah. up at the end. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, and, like... It's a Mac- it's a noir. I mean, it's a film noir, basically. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and it's something that, sadly, I feel like we see more of rather than less of in actual politics. Yeah. And not even just contemporary politics. Like... I think that it's, you know, absolute power corrupts. Yeah. It's it's a story of people who are trying to grab for power and they're going to take down people with them as long as they can get that power. Yeah, and it's no it's no recognition of what you can do with the power you have. It's only wanting the power that you don't have. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, everybody's just trying to climb that ladder. Yeah. And send in assassins after everybody. Yeah. And I know that like we we read a lot of Macbeth in high school. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of Macbeth in theater. He's a real old white guy. Mm-hmm. Do we need a lot of Macbeth or a lot of um, Shakespeare in the world? 
but he like he's hitting on some big themes oh, that yeah. still translate. So yeah, I mean, I think with Shakespeare, the the issue is just oversaturation. Yeah, it's like I mean, you don't need as much Shakespeare, but he's good to have around. Yeah, right. I still like him. Um. So yeah, that is Macbeth in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. Help let him out yeah, in a nutshell. Oh, oh yeah. Da, 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 da. Oh, bringing it tonight. <laughs> um. So. Speaking of... Uh-huh. Speaking of what, Annie? <laughs> Speaking of what? <laughs> what uh, what were we just talking about that uh, that might be applicable? <laughs> um, uh-huh. People who right. would like more power in their lives, exploring other options? I'll take it out of technicality because, yeah, Angelica. Let's talk about yeah, Rugrats. There we go. Yay. Well, that's true. Angelica is real power hungry. McBella, or McBellica. More like McBellica. <laughs> no, pretend I said that first. That's the one. <laughs> uh, so Rugrats is a cartoon series created by Arlene Klasky, Gabor Supo, and Paul Germain, uh, which premiered in 1991 and ran for nine oh, seasons oh and 192, excuse me, 172 episodes on Nickelodeon, which is pretty impressive. Plus a movie or two or three if you count the crossover with Wild Thornberries. I would. Yeah. It's called Rugrats Gone Wild. Oh, or something. yeah. No. Rugrats Go Wild. Rugrats Gone <laughs> Wild is illegal. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's a joke for anybody who grew up in the late in, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, right. And couldn't escape Girls Gone Wild commercials. Oh, my goodness. Um, basic synopsis of the show, super simple. It's a show about babies. Um, that's basically it. Uh, toddler Tommy Pinkle- Pickles and his toddler friends Chucky, Phil, and Lil get up to all sorts of imaginative and delightful mischief under the noses of their parents, who really aren't like great at being parents. Um, I mean, they're loving. Oh, they're very loving, perhaps to a fault. Um, but we'll get into that. They're they're maybe not the most observant parents, but I wouldn't call them neglectful. No, they're just a little, uh, well, as we'll find out, they are a little up in their own business because most episodes typically had the adults dealing with some sort of adulty thing like doing their taxes or fixing a broken down car while the babies wandered off and explored the world, viewing it um, through a kid's eye view full of imagination and adventure. Um, highlights for Little Walt growing up, like I was thinking episodes that like had a weirdly big effect on me when I was growing up uh, were the one where they go mini golfing, yeah. which legitimately ruined all mini one. golf for me forever because oh, it, no. will, it will it was never, never be as, as cool yeah. as the mini golf course they go to. inside the giant ice cream. Oh my God. Mountain. That ice cream though. Um, and also the one where they're on the playground, but it's actually a big parody of High Noon. Yeah, right. Um, really, that yeah, that one. For some reason, the phrase "no shadow time" uh, like stuck yeah. in my head, and I think about it all the time. I also really liked the um, the Jewish Red Rugrats episode. Oh yeah, the, the Hanukkah episode. Well, there's I, the Hanukkah I, one and the Passover one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. which I love because like you have all these Christmas episodes, and I love yeah. that Rugrats were like, "No, Tommy is." Half Christian and half Jewish. Right. Let's do everything. Yeah, and I love that the family was specifically Russian Jewish. Like they're yeah. very like specific in their cultural location yeah. of the Pickles family. Um, so yeah. Uh, the babies are also terrorized and occasionally allied with Angelica, an older kid who can talk to both babies and adults. 
Um, she's like a cross between Veruca Salt and Helga from Hey Arnold. Oh, like. Helga. Yeah. Um, so that's really it for the synopsis, but there's a ton of characters. So the characters we have, we have Tommy Pickles, uh, the ringleader of the bunch. He's got a big heart, a blue shirt, and he's very good with a screwdriver. Uh, Charles Chucky Crandall Finster Jr., um, big glasses, orange hair, scared of pretty much everything, and I think asthmatic. Um, um. He breathes he very heavily. He sounds like it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's super loyal and uh, a good dude. Um, he's basically a secret Weasley. Yeah, in, right down to the red hair. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there's Phil and Lil DeVille. Uh, they are brother and sister. <laughs> what a great name. Right? The names on this show are fantastic. Even like Tommy Pickles is a great yeah, name. Yeah, oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a brother and sister twins who are kind of a cross between Dipper and Mabel from Gravity Falls and the twins from The Shining. Yeah. I think even a little more into the twins from The Shining. Yeah. They're a little weird. They're very but weird. But I love them. Yeah. They're like, they're a very good unit character yeah. uh then there's angelica pickles she's tommy's cousin um the bully with a heart of maybe slightly less bullying somewhere um she's a super spoiled little kid and she's mean to the babies but ultimately she does okay in a pinch you know every so often she'll stand up for them she won't right. be terrible but she is she's kind of the antagonist oh she's absolutely the antagonist um and then there's Susie carmichael who i had forgotten about until yeah. i was reading um who's another older kid who can talk to babies and adults alike she's basically like frenemies with angelica she's on the baby's side more yeah. often um she's also the she's... only baby of color in the show yeah i feel like if both angelica and Susie are um are Slytherins mm-hmm. like Susie is like the the good Slytherin where she's like she's she's ambitious she wants to get stuff done and yeah. she wants to do things her way but she's not gonna like she knows she needs people, people to make it happen yeah and she's like no I'm not gonna like screw these babies over mm-hmm. absolutely they're just um, babies they're just babies uh, babies is a fun word to say disparagingly. Yeah, right. Babies. Um, there's Dylan Dill Pickles, who's Tommy's. Hey-o. I know Tommy's little brother, who's introduced in the first movie. He's not that interesting. He's he's a real baby. Yeah, and then there's Kimmy Finster, who's Chucky's stepsister, oh, yeah. as of the second movie, which I had fully stopped watching she by that point, so I know nothing about her. She is also a character of color. I oh, think good. She is Asian American. Lovely. Well, excellent. I uh, I was off the Rugrats boat by that point. Yeah, I think the show kind of veered in a more like adorably imaginative direction yeah. at that point. It, it was like it felt softer somehow, which is fine. Yeah, it but felt... I kind of liked the like off the wallness of the original Rugrats. Yeah, it's like I'll talk about a little bit of the themes. Like it, it was willing to be almost like off putting. Yeah, where you're like, like I remember that there was like one episode where they like they're in the movie theater and they're just Mm -hmm. crawling around yeah and it's all sticky yeah and like they end up in the projector room and again Mm -hmm. like the babies are always fine right and the parents never even notice they're gone or something but like you're always you're it is still like how do these people not notice their babies are gone yeah it's the world is a little more off kilter yeah a little more and the show knows it yeah i think it buys into its own world a bit too much in the later stuff yeah and again i think once we get (laughs) to sounded so hipster i know right and the rugrats really bought into its own world too a little too much towards the end but yeah Mm -hmm. i think by the time they got to the kimmy years like Mm -hmm. it it was a different time so then it was like oh maybe we shouldn't have these parents be like neglectful basically exactly and it's hard i think animation is hard to keep going for a long time in general because there's no impetus to change anything because the characters as you see them can stay the same age you can keep voice acting and so i think that animation shows especially have they risk 
character stagnation even more than real shows or than live action yeah. shows because there is no reason to change anything right. ever. Um, so they really let char- characters become more and more of themselves as they go on. Um, but hey, you know who character, what character should always be themselves? Spike the dog. Uh, he's an honorary baby. He's the, the Pickles family dog. He is surprisingly tolerant of being ridden by Tommy. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he's a good dog to have around. Um, and then there's the adults uh, who actually get, I would say, like even time in the show. Yeah, for a lot of I it. would be really curious to go back and watch Rugrats as mm-hmm. an adult. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, even watching it in like in 1991, I guess I was still a, a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I was in first grade, but it was like, oh, this is a show about babies. Right. I'm You're so closer much to being a baby than you are to being yeah. an adult. Like even like so Stu Pickles, who's Tommy's dad, he's a hapless but nice toy maker who like one clear thing I remember about him is there's an episode where he's doing his taxes and he tries to write off French fries. Like, and it's like Chucky's doing or Chucky's dad is doing his taxes. And he's like, why did you save these French fries? And he's like, cause I couldn't get a receipt. And I remember as a kid, like not getting that joke at all, oh, but knowing it was a joke about something that I didn't yeah. understand. Um, I so, remember yeah. there was another, Oh, I think it was like, it was basically a parody episode of, the man who came to dinner is that the one where the guy breaks his leg and oh yeah i think so um so angelica breaks her leg and she's staying with um tommy's family mm-hmm. and at one point it's like in the middle of the night and she wants like hot chocolate or something so um stew pickles is like in the kitchen like warming up milk mm-hmm. and um like tommy's mom is like what are you doing? And he's like slowly losing control of my life. <laughs> or something like that. And yeah. it's like, it's obviously a show that was is... like, it was on the parent, like it was telling, it was on the parent's side as much as the kids were at the focus of it. Yeah. It, it got these parents. Um, speaking of which, there's Diane Kropotkin Kerpacker Pickles. Oh, uh, I love that. I know. Tommy's mom, who has some crazy red hair and tiny, tiny little glasses. Uh, she's a part-time school teacher and the overworked voice of reason in the house. Uh, there's Grandpa Lou Pickles, Diane's dad, who lives with the family and causes occasional trouble. Uh, Andrew Pickles. I think that's actually Stu's dad. Is it? Oh, no. That's, I think then her, That's right. It's Stu's dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Diane's parents. Are there, they definitely uh, pop up. But, oh, yeah, because yeah. they're they're the ones who tell Tommy all the Jewish stories. That's right. Yeah. But they're they're more occasional guest characters. Yeah. Uh, there's Andrew Pickles, Angelica's father and Stu's brother. Um, he's done very well for himself, but he fights with Stu a lot. And he's married to Charlotte Pickles, who's Angelica's mom. She's like a classic workaholic business lady archetype. I feel like they remind me of um, Niles Crane on Frasier and his wife, who you never see. Oh, yeah. Ma- Maris. Maris, yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like that's basically what I think of them as. Yeah, they're very fussy and very particular. Uh, yeah. Then there's Chaz Finster, Chucky's dad. He's a put-upon bureaucrat who is also a single father because Chucky's mom died before the series started, which I feel like the show gets a surprising oh amount of occasional that's pathos out of. That's another one where there's an episode where, like, Chucky finds, like, pictures of his mom. Oh, yeah. And, like, the end of the episode is, like, his dad showing him the pictures and, mm-hmm. like, it's so sad. And you're just yeah. like, oh, my God, like... This is what it is. This is what it is. Like, you you would have to introduce your kid to his mom. Yeah. And, like, how do you do that as a parent? And just, like, you're these two guys together making yeah. it work. And I love it. And it was, Can yeah, like. We're, so, we're taking the Rugrats section of this podcast much more seriously than the Macbeth section. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it like they they the show was able to to sneak a lot of pathos. Yeah. Then there's How Howie and Lucy Carmichael, Phil and Lil's parents. I don't really remember much of, a whole lot about them. Uh, I think they're they are also kind of weird. Yeah, I remember much like Phil and their, Lil. Phil and Lil's mom, like she's always wearing like workouty kind of gear. Yeah. She looks like she could be a gym teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, there's Reptar, uh, the Yay. Rugrats versus version of Godzilla and Tommy's hero. Uh, he's great. And uh, themes and fun stuff. I mean, the big one is the whimsy and wonder of childhood. Like the show did a wonderful job of capturing the way that you see everything around you when you're a little kid and sort of enlarging and emphasizing and exaggerating things um, and then balancing that with the kind of pathetic way that the parents see the world and are dealing with the world. So you get these realistic little slice of life things with the parents and then the kids are having these uh, huge imaginative adventures. It's a really fun balance. Um, there, uh, it's a fun show, especially the animation style, uh, like we were saying before, is willing to walk that line between purposefully ugly and really gracefully amazing. Like, yeah, like, like it's the, this really wonderfully stylized yeah, show. Yeah, it's super specific, and so they'll have beautiful animation sequences, but with like a house animation style that's just a little offbeat and yeah. off-kilter, and so it wasn't afraid to like be ugly sometimes. Um, and then uh, teamwork makes the dream work. You can't go exploring and break out of your playpen if you don't have your baby friends with Ain't you. Ain't that the truth. And on the flip side of that, parenting is hard. Oh, my <laughs> um, goodness. The Pickles family seem particularly bad at it. Like, just get a better baby gate, please. But that's the thing. Like, they don't even know it's bad yeah. because Tommy has his little screwdriver yeah. in his How do they not diaper, know the screwdriver right? is in his diaper? It raises a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know. Parenting's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes your baby has a screwdriver in its diaper <laughs> you just for don't know. nine years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Sometimes. Wow. Yeah. That's true. I guess he was a baby for nine years. He was a, he was a perma baby. Oh, my God. Weird. Very it sounds weird. like a medical condition. Yeah. What if it was a show just about a bunch of babies who had a medical condition? What? And that's why all the parents are friends. That's true. There because was a they're part like, for their, part, for their the, perma babies. Baby it was like that orphan movie. But except that they're not actually adults. They're just always babies. Oh, well, I mean, they would technically become adults. No, but that's the thing. They wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be like mentally you're an adult. Oh, it would yeah. just be like, I am literally a baby forever. Yeah. A witch cursed them. Yeah. Witches do that. Hey, speaking of which, let's <gasps> cross these things over. Boom. Segwayed. Nice. Um. So yeah, uh, where are the thematic crossovers of Rugrats oh, and Macbeth? Oh my. Um, parenting is hard? Parenting is hard. <laughs> Parenting is hard. I mean, Duncan didn't do a great job. <laughs> he did not. Um, Be careful picking your friends. Yeah, because they're going to they're gonna murder you and yeah. your kids. And supporting those around you will get you farther than ambition. Yeah. Yeah, because that is Angelica so Angelica is not a happy child. No, she's really not. Mm. Um, That's all I got. And she doesn't really have any friends. She does, at the beginning of one episode, eat a plate of spaghetti that has become my platonic ideal of what spaghetti and meatballs should look like. Like, it's like, it's perfect. Oh, man. You will never have spaghetti and meatballs as good as Angelica had. No. Although you've made some that's very, very good. True. I think think it's the closest I've gotten, I'm just saying, to the animated spaghetti I watched when I was six. Yay. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I think that's about it for thematic crossovers. So um, let's just jump right well, in. Well, let's say the world is also weird. Yeah, the world is a weird, strange place Yeah, and with you, magic like, if you look for it. With, and like, you never exactly know what reality is. Mm-hmm. Where like, 
in the Rugrats, that's a very cool thing where it's like they're exploring they're learning about the world and like it kind of doesn't make sense because they don't have these frames of reference Mm -hmm. um and in Macbeth it's like you think the world is one way it could be another but it's it's, running around but it's also like you're trying to play guess what's in my hand with the world because it's Mm. like you only have this little bit of information yeah and then it's like oh no I guess the wrong thing psych (laughs) yeah Yeah. um well hey Let's talk about how this crossover happens and start killing babies. Oh, man. I mean. Or babies killing other people. I mean, I think at least one baby is going to have to not make it out no! of this. No. Look, I'm just saying. I cannot kill the Rugrats. I, look. I'm fine with Lady Macbeth talking about smashing babies' heads against the wall, mm-hmm. but I can't kill the Rugrats. What about, oh, what about uh, J.K. Rowling rules? Phil or Lil? Who you got? What? No. <laughs> We're going Weasley style. No. We can't kill the Rugrats. It's okay. They're so old. <laughs> they're 400 they're, years they're old. They're nine years old, Annie. <laughs> they're basically adults. Oh, my God. In ancient Scotland. Yeah, right? By that point, it was like, well, you could be king, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, they're all going to get the plague anyway. Oh. If we don't, if we don't weed them out here. Rates. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, what is this? Cro- well, then what we need to figure out a crossover that we're going to be okay with. And not morally compromised well, by. Well, see, because I'm thinking, okay. I just, I want the Rosencrantz and, Gild- and Guildenstern are dead version of Macbeth. Oh. That's what I want. Okay. I want Macbeth is happening. Mm-hmm. And the babies are in the background and they are seeing everything, but they don't understand anything. That is way more in keeping with the Rugrats spirit. Right? <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? I don't know. I was picturing babies on the battlefield, babies in armor, swinging maces around. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I feel like there could be a lot of like babies doing things that end up being creepy. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Phil and Lil are carrying a dagger around at one point, and that's when Macbeth is fantasizing about seeing a dagger. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, um, yeah. And um, so instead of babies dying, it's babies causing the deaths babies, of many people. Yeah, exactly. Well, babies causing chaos. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking instead of seeing the ghost of Banquo, it's like maybe they, it's a shadow of a baby oh, when walking around. Yeah. And then like um, Lady Macbeth's hands are always dirty. And I think it's because, you know, kids have sticky hands. <laughs> they just keep grabbing her with their jam yeah, hands. Yeah, their jam hands. <laughs> So whose babies are these that are running around this castle? Well, I'm thinking they're still so who like... So who are the pickles? Let's let's place the pickles the, within the order of this castle. So um, I'm thinking that maybe the pickles are... So I'm sorry, I'm going to look up the yeah um, the larger... Because like, there are other characters in Macbeth. It's okay, I'll think. Uh, I mean, Chaz Finster is the porter, to be sure. Um, although, um, no, I don't know. He's no, he doesn't he's seem a like little, a drinky guy. No, he's a little more nervous. I think, yeah. um, I think the dad, the grandpa Pickles yeah. is the porter. Lou Pickles is definitely the porter. Oh man. He's, oh. he's a real cut up he's that one. He's the sauce. Um, yeah. Lou Pickles is the porter for sure. Uh, sending people out to the lobby. So I think maybe like King Duncan. I mean, ultimately, most of the Rugrats adults are related to the Pickles family. So, like, I think maybe they are all in the court of Duncan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Duncan, um, Duncan brand Pickles when you only want the best. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. Just bite into a, to a pickle. To a Duncan brand pickle. I don't oh. know. It's, it sounds like a pickle company to me is what I'm saying. It's not a yeah, joke. Right? It's just a serious observation. Um. Yeah, because I could see maybe... 
I mean, I could even see um, what's her name, Angelica's parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, I think they're related being... to Lady Macbeth. Oh yeah, yeah. Or at least at least Angelica's mom and maybe yeah. and Lady Macbeth are sisters. Maybe are they? I mean, are they Macbeth and Lady Macbeth? Oh yeah, yeah. So are we, yeah, like we're okay, just we're just swapping them that. out. Yeah. yeah. Macbeth isn't that interesting of a character. He's fine. Yeah. Lady Macbeth is a very interesting character, but you know what would make her even more interesting? If, cell if phone. she was if Susie she... Carmichael. No. 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 no Charlotte Pickles. Nuts. I looked at my wrong list. Charlotte Pickles. She could be Susie Carmichael. I don't know. I, Susie... I was like, what? <laughs> she's Charlotte Pickles. You're right. Yeah. She's on a cell phone all the time, making mm-hmm. deals. Yeah. In but, ancient Scotland, which yeah. is very weird. <laughs> Everyone's like, what is her problem? Yeah, everybody thinks she's a witch, but there are other witches running around. Yeah. Um, I think Phil and Lil are definitely witches. Right, they totally seem like witches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In the the Shining, and then I think there are twins in the Vavitch movie. Oh, yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. There's always, always creepy. creepy twins. Maybe it's Lil and Phil, and then Susie is the like communicator of the witches. Yeah, or maybe she's the queen witch. Yeah, she's Hikate. Um and, and they're then, like they're just playing a game. Yeah, right. But then uh Andrew and Charlotte Pickles are like, Hey, those witches know what's up. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Those weirdo baby witches. Weirdo baby witches. <laughs> oh, maybe um so Lil and Phil and Reptar are the witches. Reptar. Maybe they summon Reptar in their ceremony. It, yeah. <laughs> or like they're wearing Reptar masks. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's um, Spike, who's another witch. Yeah, Spike oh. is running around. Yeah, Aww. just because it's Spike. Exactly. Um, I think uh, Tommy is definitely uh, Banquo's kid. Yeah. Like, Fleance, no. yeah. Get out of here, Fleance. You're Tommy So, um, yeah, because then it would be Stu, um, Stu Pickles and uh, I think it's Drew Pickles, um, who's Angelica's dad. And they're, oh, they're yeah. kind of They're butt- battling and, and Drew kills Stu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is the assassin that he sends? Um, I mean, he wouldn't see Chaz coming. I'll tell you that much. No, because Chaz and Stu are real good friends. Yeah, Chaz is the McDuff of this situation. Yeah, Chaz, which oh, is kind of hilarious I to me. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, just the wimpiest McDuff you've ever seen. I love, but you know what? He is a lawful good. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Howie and Lucy are the assassins. Phil and yeah. Lil's parents. That's true, because if their babies are witches. They're very sporty. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So they're running down Stu and killing him in the middle of the night. Okay. <laughs> see, I'm more okay with Stu dying than the Rugrats well, dying. because he's an adult man. Yeah, exactly. Instead of a tiny baby. Right? Filled with wonder. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think that's that's very, very fair. Uh, so Lou is the porter. Um, oh, what about Diane? Where's she floating around? Um, I mean, I think it's hard because, yeah. like, it, you know, Banquo, I guess, had a wife somewhere. Yeah, and I think at least in the um, Kenneth Branagh version, in one of the versions, I think they actually go to Banquo's house and, like, kill his whole family and all that. Um, well, they definitely do that with Macduff. Oh, yeah, no, I think, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of Macduff. Because Macduff is away, but they go there thinking they're going to kill everybody, and they kill right. his entire family and their household. Yeah. And so then he gets the news in England. And he's like, man, I'm not going home now. Yeah, right? And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go kill some Macbeth. I'm going to raise an army. Um, yes, for sure. So, okay, we figured out the floating dagger. We figured out the bloody, the jam hands. <laughs> um, what's the marching forest? What are the babies up to? Um... 
I mean, other than protecting their delicate baby son from the skin. Yeah, the skin right. from I the think sun. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Well, you know, like babies are always like picking flowers and yeah. pulling things out of the ground. Playing around with stuff. It's yeah. like, it's not as impressive as when an army does it, but it's babies. Maybe it looks like trees if they're all really short <laughs> and they just have bushes. <laughs> oh, look, that <laughs> grove of saplings is kind of marching Crawling all over the place Crawling very gradual okay. no not towards anymore now it's away <laughs> now toward now just kind of to the right a little now it's laying down now a a baby is eating it yep okay this is this means some kind of prophecy yeah there's something there <laughs> yeah something's going on so what's angelica's deal during all of this um she's the only one we haven't placed yet yeah oh man i feel like so what about like oh, go ahead. no you, you'd go well like i think that like we're, she is the one who actually legitimately pushes them her parents over the edge to doing it oh yeah like they're both get it or like maybe uh her mom makes her dad kill dung kill uh the king but then they the parents want to like back off and angelica's like no way life is too You're, good yeah you go to mcduff's house kill you kill else. everybody yeah all those babies yeah right mm-hmm. and like i know um in um i mean roman plansky is a, a snakes person oh yeah um but i remember i think it was in his version of macbeth where at the very end like you see um malcolm who's the king at uh-huh. that point like going to see the witches and it's like oh, oh history is repeating itself ah, 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 ah. all those witches um so maybe like at the end of our rugrats adaptation uh-huh. um you know um what um Chucky Chaz. Chaz comes in, kills Drew Pickles. <laughs> sure, sure. And um Then like Angelica. Angelica's like the- well, Angelica's like, Oh my goodness, thank you. My mm-hmm. parents are so awful. I'm just an innocent child. Yeah. And of course he would be like, Oh, well, yeah, of course. Right. Um And then she's and then, like we'll go see my friends and she leads him over to see or even just like now now she's on the throne oh even better yeah yeah Yeah, she's in charge and then maybe then um then we see tommy and chucky being like "Uh uh-oh oh no we gotta get this again we gotta get grown real fast yeah (laughs) that classic last line of the movie exactly that wonderful shakespearean (laughs) that's all folks Um, yeah, I feel like it, basically, I think it's a pretty much a one-to-one port over. Yeah, like, I think instead of doing, like, Best Buddies, Battle Dome, yeah. Kiss Your Faces, it's, it's basically like, we're just doing a Rugrats adaptation of Macbeth. Yeah, with babies. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess no babies die. Yeah. Uh, fine. I'll accept it. Thank you. Um, but hey, if people do want to see lots of stuff dying, Annie, and want more Macbethy things, where can they go? Um, so you can go see a production of Macbeth because oh, yeah. it's probably playing that? somewhere. Like the Actor Shakespeare Project here in Boston um, with several friends of the podcast who are in the cast. Yeah, go check it out. It is yeah. also, I discovered last night, I hadn't realized this, it's running in repertory with uh, Bill Kane's play um, Equivocation, which is about the writing of Macbeth. Ooh. Um, so yeah, they're running That's in. not that other show. No. Uh, that was There is another show about the writing of Macbeth called Mortal Terror. Yeah. Um, Bill Kane's is very good. Uh, and is running in rep with Macbeth and is uh is worth they're both worth checking well, out. That's cool. Yeah. Um so if there's not a production playing near you, here are a couple of film versions I would recommend. 
Um, one is a uh, 2010 adaptation um, that was adapted from the Royal Shakespeare's Compa- Royal Shakespeare Company's production, starring Patrick Stewart as Macbeth. And that's what Can't you want. Go along with that, yeah, right. Um, and it has this like World War One kind of vibe to it. Um, mm. Very creepy. And I feel like Macbeth is also a a play that, unlike Hamlet, I think actually. There's a lot of fun to be had with aging Macbeth up or down. Oh, yeah. Because it like Hamlet is so he's so specifically young and they keep casting like 40 year olds to play him. Yeah, right. But like with Macbeth, it really changes whether he's like a young, ambitious soldier or like a guy who's worked really hard his whole life and still hasn't made it. And like there's no direct commentary, I don't think, in the play. No. Other than that he's he's married and they don't have kids. Yeah. And I think... There, I mean, he's established as a soldier, mm-hmm. um, but and as I think he's a general, but um, but it's not specifically he's an old like King Lear's right. an old man, Macbeth yeah. is a young man, um, and there's not even like a Yago thing where like he's been passed over from yeah. stuff. Like there's really, I think, who you cast as Macbeth and how old they are tells a lot about the character that's not in the text. Yeah, so there's a lot of fun to be had. Exactly. So have some fun with uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, there's also the 1978 film version, also of a Royal Shakespeare Company production, starring Ian McKellen as Macbeth and Judy Dench as Lady Macbeth. That is a stacked cast. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Shakespeare class in grad school, and we watched the 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 um, baby's head bashing oh, scene. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, oh man, these are two stellar actors. Yeah, like I love, and that was another one where they were not. They weren't old, but they certainly weren't young. Mm-hmm. So it was a very interesting look at like these. This is a couple who's maybe like in their 40s. Yeah. Um, and they know like, OK, this is the path our life is going down. So like now we are we are in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a real good one, too. And there's uh, Throne of Blood, which is a Macbeth adaptation set in feudal Japan. I love it so much. I remember like. It was on TV once, and I was, like, flipping through channels. It must have been in, like, high school. Mm-hmm. And I flipped, and I turned on the channel that had Throne of Blood, and it was, like, the first scene with Lady Macbeth. And it was so creepy. I was like, what is this? Well, that's when we watched it in Chicago. No, it yeah, was... we were sitting on my couch. It, But it was, like... I remember being, like, I don't oh. know what this oh, is. Oh, just seeing it out of context. Yeah, because like, it wasn't, yeah. like... Like we were watching it as a movie. It was mm-hmm. like I didn't know what it, I turned the channel and I was like, "Is this the ring? Like, what yeah, is this?" It's amazing. It's one of my favorite movies. It's so good. Yeah. Because and they and it ends with the scene where Macbeth gets arrows shot at him, and Kurosawa was like, "Hey, to share him a phone, go up on that on that balcony, and we're just gonna shoot arrows at you." And and hey, he looks really scared. I bet. Oh, he got Alan Rickman. Getting thrown off the building. That's right, from Die Hard. Yeah. Oh, that made me very happy. Thank you for making well, that reference. You're <laughs> welcome. Um, and for some Macbeth-ish reading, um, there's Weird Sisters by Terry Pratchett, which is basically what you get if you transport Macbeth into Discworld. Awesome. Um, it features more cats than Macbeth generally does and is the better for yeah, that's it. That's a plus. Yeah. That's a value add right there. Exactly. Um, there's As I Descended by Robin Tolly, a female-female adaptation of Macbeth set at a fancy private boarding school, a.k.a. the perfect Annie yeah, Reed. That's a good setting. It's fantastic. It's super creepy. Um, and I love it. And mm-hmm. Robin's amazing. So go read that book. 
Um, and there's Enter Three Witches by Carolyn B. Cooney about a young ward of the Macbeths. Uh-huh. I read that back in the day, and I don't remember a lot of the specifics about it, but I but I do enjoy a Carolyn B. Cooney. So. But it's like set contemporaneously. It's it's wild like it's, that. Yeah, happening. exactly. It's cool. it's except she's not a baby. Mm. Uh, can I throw one more on the list? Yeah. Uh, there is a film from, I believe, the 90s called Scotland, PA. Oh, yeah, because I saw yeah. that on, and I was like, I haven't seen it, so I can't recommend it. It's great. It is uh, It is an adaptation of Macbeth set uh, in a in central Pennsylvania um, at a Macduff's fried chicken fast yeah. food restaurant. And it's like, it's basically the exact plot of Macbeth, but in a fast food empire and like the witches are three stoners uh, in a in a abandoned amusement park. Like it's just a very fun, clever sort of goofy take on Macbeth. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's very worth checking out. It's not like amazing, but it's a fun little experiment. Um, and isn't, I would just thought I'm thinking about it now, Sleep No More. That's another. Oh, that Macbeth. is, that's a riff on Macbeth. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to go to New York and walk around a spooky hotel. There you go. Wearing a mask. You can go to Sleep to No list. More, the immersive theater. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell me about some recommendations for Rugrats. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about this tonight and yeah. we are a little out of the loop on what the cool kids shows are now. Um, I've heard that we bear. If you're bears. driving your Kia Sport into yeah, an yeah, ice cream truck. You're driving truck. your Kia Sport and need a distraction before you hit that ice cream truck. <laughs> yep. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> uh, I hear. I hear. We're, we bear bears is very good. So uh, I have not checked it out yet, but I've been planning to. Um, but other classic Nicktoons uh, are definitely in keeping with the Rugrats spirit. I would particularly recommend Doug, Hey Arnold, and Rocco's Modern Life. And actually, because you mentioned it earlier, uh, the Wild Thornberries. Yeah, the Wild Thornberries is another good one. Yeah. So I feel like those four are like the four that are going to be closest feeling to to uh, Rugrats. Yeah. Um, Pete and Pete, which is basically a real life Nicktoon. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. You know, it has a very similarly like wonderful universe and sense of uh, imagination to yeah. it. Um, Muppet Babies. I if mean, what you're in, if you if what you're watching Rugrats for is the babies, Muppet Babies has you covered. Well, also and imagination, um, the imagination, and yeah. I think that the the Muppet Babies like theirs is entirely in the imagination world. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Rugrats literally go places where their parents aren't watching them. Right. They make things magical yeah. and we see more than their parents' legs. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I mean, you pointed out Pixar is, this is like Pixar's wheelhouse, the secret yeah. life of blank. But I think Toy Story is the obvious yeah. choice for closest in spirit to And I mean, those were this. pretty close in timeline too. Yeah. Like, they were coming out around yeah. the same time. Um, we have been watching and absolutely falling in love with uh, Hilda, a show on Netflix. Aww. It is my current, like, I will recommend this to anyone for anything. Yep. But it also thematically resonates with Rugrats because yeah. it is about a young girl who's grown up with her mom living in the wilderness and has to move to the city. And it's very much about, like, the big, beautiful world out there. Yeah. Um, um, and, and finding and exploring and having adventures. Yeah. And, like, secret magic. Uh, it's so good. Go watch Hilda. Yeah. The second episode made me cry. Um, it's so beautiful oh it's lovely and the animation is gorgeous um babe because eg daly who voiced tommy pickles is also the voice of babe um Um, so that's cool and babe is also delightful and heartwarming and about a magical world and again like a little off kilter Mm -hmm. in ways um is ej daly she's not the voice of bart simpson is she no that's nancy cartwright she was on rugrats she came on and i voiced somebody but i forgot for a a period and uh, as did um Oh, goodness. Uh, Debbie Reynolds was in the latter half of the Rugrats series. She played one of the grandparents. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Interesting. I know. I didn't realize that until the Wikipedia page. Wow. Um, and then this is a bit of a reach, but I'm, I feel like Taika Waititi's sensibility actually fits Rugrats fairly well. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend the closest of his movies that I can think of to that, which is Hunt for the Wilder People, um, which Aww. is just a delightful movie in general. Uh, but, but it's like heartwarming, off-kilter thing. Yeah, it's heartwarming, like- off-kilter, crazy, wacky world where... Things are hard, but okay. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Pierce Brosnan, or not Pierce Brosnan, um, uh, Sam Neill is in it playing, I mean, basically the person that Sam Neill now is, which yeah. is a grizzled, uh, gruff pig farmer in New Zealand. Um, Sam Neill's Twitter field, Twitter feed is amazing, Yay. but he, he's in Hunt for the Wilder People and he's great. Um, so yeah, those are my recommendations. And I would add on uh, Powerpuff Girls. Oh as... yes, which EJ Daly also did voices for. Yeah, because um, I was like, oh, let me look up her page, and I saw Powerpuff Girls, and I was like, oh, that it, I mean, it's about like kids who are way younger than yeah. they should be if they are doing these Taking things. Taking on big responsibilities. Yeah, exploring uh, the world, being mm. adorable. So cute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are some great recommendations for some great hot properties that we have crossed over into a perfect matched crossover. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I mean, it does line up pretty well. I think it did okay. I think if you want to, um, if you're a college production and you want to do a Rugrats-themed production of Macbeth, you just give us a shout-out. I'd back that you on go, Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't make up, so I feel comfortable yeah. saying that. <laughs> I, I would retweet it. I would certainly retweet it. <laughs> well, if you want to find the uh, <laughs> other material that we have very lukewarmly endorsed, Annie, where can people find more information? You can find all of our warm and lukewarm recommendations mm-hmm. on crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can send us the link. You can send us more information on your <laughs> terrible production that we'll already hate and prejudge at crossoverappealpodcast.gmail.com. You can share all of your cast photos of the Rugrats <laughs> Macbeth adaptation at our Facebook page, which is Crossover Repeal Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can uh, tweet us all of your pictures from when you were cool in high school before the accident to at Crossover Repeal. <laughs> and most importantly, you can subscribe on iTunes and maybe leave us a rating or review. Yeah. Oh I don't know if we want you to rate this episode. <laughs> well, you, you rate this five stars and we will run that ice cream truck right off the road. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, we'll send boy. those creepy twin babies right to your house. Exactly. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, you have two weeks of a break from whatever this is. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. But for the meantime, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 